Hello and welcome to round two of the Travelling Lines podcast. Now I said we were going to be in a beautiful outdoor location every week and I've already broken that. We're in a glamorous hotel room in Birmingham because so I'm on the the Alpine team of the Austrian Alpine Club but the UK version so we've got a meeting tomorrow on Saturday so I'm here for the night. So here is today's blog. I'm going to try and stop the camera from focusing on the laptop, not me. Here we go. Um, yeah, so post is called My First Night in a Bothy, and this is a story from the beginning of 2019. This bag is far too heavy, I thought, as I stuffed in yet another layer and tried to yank the lid down over it. Poor rucksack. It was a gorgeous, chilly afternoon in January. The first day of January, in fact. I'd spent the early hours of the morning up a mountain, and here I was again, setting out from Borrowdale YHA. This time, I was going in the opposite direction, and with a hell of a lot more stuff. I felt like a tortoise as I trudged up Honister Pass with everything in my bag. Specifically, four days worth of clothing, a tent, a sleeping bag, camping gear, work laptop, notepad, diary, it was a bit of a slog. And hot work, leaving me in a circular and frustrating problem, how to fit outer layers in an already exploding backpack. Through the slate mine, I headed up the wide, steep path to the top of Fleetwith Pike. About halfway up, I met a man coming back down off the mountain. The elderly gentleman stopped me as I passed. Do you know the area well? he asked. <laughs> you thought I was going to do a voice then, didn't you? <laughs> I'm afraid I can't do... can't do voices. Do you know the area well? he asked. Fairly well, I said. I'm not sure if he meant the lakes in general or this bit specifically. How can I help? You know the quarry at the top of this path? he said. Uh, I held out a map between us and we pieced together his story. The man had been out walking with three other people. They'd gone on together towards the crags to look out at the view of Buttermere. That's the three people, not him. He had a bad ankle, so he stayed at the top and waited for them to come back. The sun was getting low in the sky and he'd started to head back down to the car park, worried they'd come back by some other path and missed him. We just parked down there, he gestured with his stick towards the slate mine car park. So if you see them, will you tell them I've gone back? Of course, I said, and we carried on our ways. Not 500 metres up the path, just as I was cresting the top of Fleetwith, three walkers appeared. Two men and a woman. I might not have spoken to them, but they each had a single walking pole, just like the old man had. I smiled. Excuse me, I said. I don't suppose you're missing one of your party? Yeah, I really did say that. I've been reading quite a lot of old sort of classic fiction and it kind of creeps into my vocabulary sometimes. They confirmed that they'd started with four. Well, it's just I bumped into someone a moment ago who was wandering after you. I was pretty sure it was them by now. Elderly gentleman? asked the lady. I nodded. He thought two hours was a bit long to be looking at Buttermere for. Two hours is not enough, exclaimed one man. Have we really been gone two hours? Probably worried we got lost or fallen off or something. Anyway, he's probably almost back in the car park by now, I said. You camping out tonight? asked the man. 
who liked to look at Buttermere for long periods of time. Yes, I said. Well, I'm hoping for the Bothy. So, an introduction to Bothying is the next subheading. This was a spur of the moment trip. I'd booked an open ticket home from Windermere and I had a few plans. Nope, I in fact had few plans, as in none at all. Other than needing to complete the southern half of the Langdale Horseshoe for a route in Trail Magazine, I just had to walk to the station. I rarely do things by my own and I thought it would be fun to have a little camping expedition. People have been talking a lot about bothies lately, so I thought I'd look up the couple in the lakes and see if they were en route. One of them just about was. It was a pleasant little navigation exercise to find it. Contrary to popular belief, the building is actually marked on the map, just not named as anything special. In amongst the crags and mine workings, it was very well hidden. I arrived late afternoon, expecting a magical moment of discovery in an abandoned building. This was not to be. There were a couple outside just leaving, and another couple inside, having a hot chocolate mid-walk. Neither were staying, but it simply hadn't occurred to me just how much of a public building it was. Once everyone else had left, I went in. The little house had one small room. On two sides were flat wooden boards, like a bench or for sleeping on. There were two small windows and candles placed in every corner and along the mantelpiece above the fire. No wood, sadly. I lit some candles, watched the sun go down, and started to read the visitor's book. To my alarm, many of the entries referenced a mouse who ate through bags, rucksacks, anything for food. There were other pages with statements like, don't believe them, the mouse is legend, and he lives on. I didn't know quite what to think. I was under the misimpression that spending the night in a bothy was rather like claiming a deck chair at a swimming pool. You get there first, you stake a claim, and then it's yours until you leave. This is not true of bothies. In the late afternoon, I was all comfy in my new home when a large bunch of walkers came to have a look in. It felt very odd, like I was hosting them in a small room that was as rightly theirs as mine. Then they left and it got dark. I should say that I did actually talk to them, I didn't just awkwardly stare at them while they all sat and had their lunch in, in the bothy. So it's got dark now. I ate my dinner, and since there wasn't enough wood for a fire, I got into my sleeping bag to stay warm. Lying on the wooden bench opposite the door, I couldn't help but wonder if all my visits were over. Would someone charge in at 10 o'clock at night? I couldn't exactly lock the door, could I? At around 6pm I heard someone coming. The wooden door scraped open, and I hurried to untangle myself from a sleeping bag and see who it was. A man came through the door in a bike helmet. I could hear his cleats clacking on the slate floor. We were equally surprised to see each other. He'd been bikepacking and was hoping for somewhere warm and dry to spend the night. You settled down early, he said. I wasn't exactly sure how to explain that I'd only got into my sleeping bag because it was so cold. And what else am I supposed to do on my own in the dark in a bothy? So instead I said lamely, I was up really early this morning. This, although true, was still not what I meant. I was still up in the early hours of this morning. That's because I carried a four-foot Christmas tree up Castle Crag for midnight in the new year, complete with star and lights, accompanied by friends with champagne and Bailey's hot chocolate, which was mostly Bailey's. We'd watched the fireworks over Derwent Water. Pretty different to how I saw in last year.
Then of course after midnight you have to walk back down the mountain, Christmas tree and all. Eventually the bikepacker decided to head onto the nearby hut in the hope of a warm fire. I settled down to a cold, pretty uncomfortable night, wondering about visitors and mice and if I was supposed to use a roll mat on the bench. It was, I felt, like pitching a tent and knowing that anyone who passes by was allowed to unzip the porch and come in for the night. It's exciting that places like Bothy still exist. They don't look after themselves. It relies on the goodwill of many people to keep them habitable, habit, habitable, habitable, <laughs> and cleanish. I bet it's really good fun with a big group of friends, or if you're more of the social type. After a silent night, I woke up to find the valley in shadow and the bothy dark. There was a frost outside, and I nibbled at my breakfast quietly, thinking about nature and our place in it and the year ahead. Soon I'd packed up my things, squeezed my enormous backpack through the little door, and was heading towards Windermere. Did I enjoy it? Yes, I think so. I'm definitely glad I did it once, but you know, I think I'd rather stick to a tent. Thanks very much for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Please do all those things I meant to say. Like, subscribe, hit the bell to join the notification squad if there is one, if you're not listening on the podcast. And yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Stay adventuring.